into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, counsel. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, detective. You think you know me. But I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. It's been an exciting week, Daniel. Hell yeah. It's been a very exciting week. Uh, and, uh, you know, not only Justin Flash, but, you know, Walking Dead was pretty awesome. And uh, I thought Legends of Tomorrow was pretty awesome. What did you think? I, I really enjoyed just about every show we watched this week. Ooh. Good to know, good to know. Uh, before we get into that, though, you got any news morsels you'd like to talk about? That uh, they are releasing a director's cut for Batman Superman once it comes out on Blu-ray. Right, and it's supposed to be supposed to be rated R. Right. What, what do you think that entails? Well, I mean, uh, Zack Snyder did the exact same thing with Watchmen, and I love the extended cut of Watchmen, so... Yeah, but the extended cut of Watchmen is unrated, right? Not rated R. Right, it's unrated. The movie was already rated R. Right. So, uh, yeah, the the unrated version, the extended cut of of Watchmen was good. I couldn't believe it was longer. (laughs) Half an hour? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, half an hour longer, but uh, still good. Right. Um, But with Batman Superman, I mean, I can't imagine they put any, any sex in there. Um there might be more violence, I guess. Right. Um, I mean, I was, there's probably going to be more blood with um, all the Batman beat-em-up scenes that we've seen so far in the previews. What if there's, like, more scenes where, like, Batman actually, like, doesn't, I'm not going to say kills anybody, but, like, brutally beats up, like, normal people. <laughs> <laughs> like, breaks limbs and shit? That'd be awesome. Yeah, like uh, like bones sticking out of their forearms or something. That'd be crazy. That'd be badass. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about uh, Agents of Shield. Marvel's Agents of Shield is going to be bringing back uh, Crusher Crusher Creel. Uh, he was already in the show once, the Absorbing Man, and now they're going to bring him back once again. Like I, I. I remember him dying when they brought him in the first time, but apparently, according to this article on uh, comicbook.com, it says that they, the last time we saw him, Coulson was handing him over to the army, so uh, I guess, you know, for whatever reason, he might he's going to come back and he might become part of the Secret Warriors that's being assembled on that show. Oh, nice. So that should be interesting to see. How he does, or how he's integrated. Well, you got anything else? Um, since last we spoke, since the last recording, um, I had not seen uh, Deadpool, but I saw it right after we recorded, and it was awesome. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, you, so it was awesome. You liked it, huh? Yep. Hilarious. And how did you feel about its R rating? It well deserved. Um, I mean, that's the only way you can really do Deadpool, man. Yeah, you know, I think that's 
I think they did it perfect. Um, I I think I I mean obviously that I, I don't know I, I don't say obviously but I had a few problems with it just from a movie standpoint. But like it was such a great movie. I I didn't really I didn't really nitpick it. It was entertaining all the way through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't wait till the next one. Hopefully, it's just as good. Same here. I also enjoyed all the you know nods and all the other references that they threw in there. Oh man, <laughs> so many references. I, so do you do you think that that uh, that aircraft carrier that they were um, fighting on at the end of the movie was a helicarrier? It looked a lot like it. Yeah, but you know, a helicarrier also looks just like a, a lot like an aircraft carrier. Sure, you just have to have the turbines on it that you know the that have the repulsor rays on it or whatever that is that iron man calls those things but you know i don't know to me i just thought it was like a regular aircraft character carrier but you know you can't they couldn't say that it's a helicarrier a shield helicarrier because you know that's another company but apparently some people are saying that it's supposed to be one so who knows yeah i've been reading a lot of articles about it too so saying that it is one yeah cool uh, any any parts of the movie you want to talk about specifically? I think my fav- my favorite little nod was probably um, at the end credits when they're doing the Ferris Bueller nod. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, that was so perfect. Oh, you guys are still here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because that's the first time I ever remember there being anything after the credits, you know? Right. So it's kind of like a throwback to the original after credits. And it was awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> Especially the second time when he comes back and goes, "Oh, and there will be a sequel, and I'm gonna make sure that that uh, cable's in it. I'm hoping it's gonna be Karen." <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, it was a good movie. Cool. Uh, maybe next week we'll talk about it more since uh, a few of the shows are gonna be off air. Um, I believe Flash and Arrow will be off air next week, right? But this week, Gotham returns. That's right. Gotham does return. So we're already filling up those slots. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got, what, two weeks till uh, Daredevil. So Right. Yep. Yeah, two weeks or three weeks, somewhere around there. Uh, all right. Uh, what else? I, talking about Daredevil, um, from the trailer that was released, it looks like we might be getting Shadow the Shadowland story from the Daredevil comic books. Do you know about that storyline? No, I haven't even seen the new preview for Daredevil. Oh, well, uh, in the in uh, in the comic books, at one point, um, Matt as Daredevil gets control of the hand. The Ninja Clan. And uh, as so, he uses them to basically fight crime in New York for him. Try to clean clean up uh, Hell's Kitchen. And then he he builds himself a... uh, Basically his own little prison underneath uh, the the streets of of New York. And he puts criminals in there. And at the very beginning of it, he kills Bullseye. So, like, it's the whole start of this, like, darker version of uh of of matt and that, that's what happens in the in the comic book 
shit. <laughs> so if that's something that happens in the in the show, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then also, uh, I I have been seeing online. Uh, like, I don't know. If there's really any too many articles on it, but because uh, did you watch the the animated show Young Justice? Yeah. So I guess season two has just recently come on Netflix, and because of that, uh, there's been a big push for people to like binge watch the season one and season two on Netflix to hopefully get Netflix to uh, okay a season three to pick it up and, and give us and give them a season three. Um, the guy that voices for Aquaman, he says that it, uh, that there's a possibility of them coming back. There you go. I mean, well, I mean, there's always a possibility. <laughs> well, he believes that there's a high possibility of it coming back. That's cool. Are you are you talking about on Netflix or like on back on uh, Cartoon Network? Um, I think they said back on Netflix. See, that's you know, that's I mean because originally it aired on Cartoon Network. On Cartoon Network, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So so being on Netflix, you know, would once again, it would be saving yet another show and uh, you know bringing back a fan favorite. I'll have to admit, at first I was very not into the show. Um. I didn't think it was going to be that great, but they did the they did that time jump between season one and season two that made me in, enjoy the show a whole bunch more. Nice, and um, so so even though it is you know targeted towards a younger audience, if it's a Netflix original, do you think that they could um, you know possibly push the envelope a little bit more? Uh, I think they might end up pushing it a little bit more, but it's not going to be anything too risque. I just think that they know that 2013 is, what, three years ago now. So whoever was watching it, even if they were kids, you know, they're a little bit older now. And in in in, in uh, hindsight, more than likely, most of the people who were watching it in the first place were already late teens, early 20s. So... Being on Netflix is only going to give them a license to be a little bit more, uh, maybe brutal, maybe delve into relationships a little bit more. Awesome. Uh, any other news that you feel fit to talk about? Um, now that I can think of at the top of my head right now, I should probably write these things down. No, that's okay. <laughs> we, we we got we get a few out there, and uh, you know it's it's. It's what what's on top of your mind anyway, so that's good. Right. But well, you know that way now we're we're done with that part. Let's go ahead and get right into uh, Supergirl. And it starts off with Yon breaking into the apartment. With who breaking into the apartment? Uh, none. None. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I totally blanked on what the hell happened at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, that was, you know that was cool. Non breaks in and he's like, "Look, I hate you, so know that I'm gonna come for you, but I'm gonna observe the the period of mourning that we do on Krypton. So you got time." <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what that tells me is that, hey, I'm gonna wait for the season finale to come after you, <laughs> so that we can get better ratings. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. At. <laughs> 
but non wasn't so so non comes in and he says you know i'm gonna wait so who's our who's our main uh, threat this week master jailer master jailer very interesting character so I I mean obviously you take a look at the costume that they gave him. It's not it doesn't look exactly like the costume that he had in the comic books and he had those those ear things on top of his head in this. Right. So obviously they they want you to get a very much a Batman v Superman feel from this show from this episode. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> How, did you, did you okay, I was going to say did you did you get that vibe yeah. yourself or no? Cuz I think they definitely wanted you to to keep in mind that we have a movie coming out where Batman and Superman fight. Here's a little taste of what what it could be like because, you know, uh, Master Jailer. You know, what did he have? He had a whole bunch of gadgets. He had a suit. He had uh, some chains, and that's all he had to fight to fight uh, a Kryptonian, a superpowered Kryptonian. Right. And you know, he did a pretty impressive job. Oh, very much so. So that was and that 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 laser guillotine thing was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know the the episode was also there to teach a lesson to Kara why not to keep Maxwell Lord uh you know uh chained up and locked away without a trial which was a uh, very very uh important to her and her growing up in this episode right <laughs> uh we also had an introduction of another uh, personal assistant for Cat for Cat Grant Chiffon, Chiffon. Yeah, <laughs> I did like how Kara is like. How do you even know how to say this name? How do you? <laughs> because I always thought that too. I always thought that Chiffon was uh, the way you spell it is so much different than the way that you say it. So, <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was. I saw. Wait, um, what? You know her name, but not mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got a very much more of a, a Devil Wears Prada vibe from this, like, uh, uh, adding of a new personal assistant. Um, I don't know if Siobhan is a character that's in the comic books. I'm, I'm drawing blanks here. Or if maybe she's going to end up being someone else in disguise, like, you know, because we know that they're going to end up, Indigo is going to end up showing up here pretty soon. I think that's I think that's the next episode, and Indigo is a version of uh, Brainiac. If you didn't know that, okay, yeah. Um, so, which I think is funny, also because in the next episode, and we'll get we'll talk about it more when it airs. But once again, uh, they're pulling a Superman story where you know Kara is going to fight a Brainiac character instead of because in the comic books, Indigo. Indigo never went up against Supergirl. So, and she never went up against Superman either. She was more of a uh, Teen Titans uh, enemy, but um, it's interesting that they would bring her in to fight Kara. Well, again, um, they had to borrow from the source, you know. Right, and but unfortunately the source in this happens to be <laughs> Superman yeah. instead of Supergirl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we had Jimmy, you know, being a little bit more wishy-washy with his emotions again, whether or not it's for Lucy or for uh, Kara and uh, Siobhan <laughs> wanting to know if if uh, 
Jimmy was single or not. <laughs> and she starts IMing freaking Kara. I was like, I think you're obsessing. Who's obsessing? I'm not obsessing. <laughs> Kara or Kira, <laughs> keep it down. <laughs> so, do you think adding that character of Siobhan is is a is a good move for the show or a bad move? Like, is it it gives? I guess I mean it kind of gives a, a a thing so that Kara can get away easier if she knows that Cat Grant's already being taken care of. But then again, that's going to cause conflict every time she comes back and Siobhan's like, "Oh, I already took care of this, and I already took care of that." I think uh, they maybe they maybe they added their char- her character for more of that comic relief because that's all it really to me that's what it did add, you know, to the show those little moments. Um, but yeah, it's probably just so she could have a little distri- cat grant to be taken care of while Kara's out doing, you know, Supergirl things. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and yeah, the, you know, the, the, the comic relief part of her normal life does need to be added to. So at the very end of the episode, or the, for the most of the end of the episode, is uh, the release of, of Maxwell Lord. And... You know, he as the three of them are talking to him, Alex and Kara, and he, she's like, "Look, you know, just don't don't be a dick anymore." And and uh, Master Lord's like, "I know that you have something else to say, Alex. So what do you have to say?" And she said, "Well, I have this on you. So if you tell on us, we're gonna tell on you." And he's like, "Oh, so mutually assured destruction, huh?" And I thought it was funny because that's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> right when when they said it. So I I want to ask you a question. Um, so when Kara flew the alien back, you know, to his home, and she's like, "Thanks, Supergirl." She goes, "No, it's Kara." Did you freak out a little bit? Yeah, because you know, once again, she's you know, she's so lax with her super, her secret identity. But I mean, obviously, he can't go around telling anybody because he's also an alien. So right. <laughs> And he's a college professor. But, yeah, he's a college professor. I like I like that he constantly kept getting like idioms wrong. Like that's uh, it's what was it water through the bridge or something like that. He goes, no, it's under the bridge. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh, and I mean, what did uh, what did you take from that? The the fact that she needed to be like, no, it's Kara, not Supergirl. Huh. I don't. No, really. I mean, I think much into it. I was gonna say, I think, I think it had to do with the whole. Her mother was the one that sentenced him to prison, so he, she needed him to know that, like, you know, she's just a person and not uh, an authority figure or whatever like that, like her her mother was. Oh, true. And then finally, the whole. Matt, uh, Hank Henshaw taking the blame for killing Aunt, Aunt Astra has is, is come to a head with uh, uh, Kara saying, look, I can't be around you. I can't, if I go out on missions, you can't be there because all I can think about is the fact that you killed my aunt. And uh, the fact that when they went to go ask uh, the hologram projection of her mother, uh, it, it freaked out when she asked what Myriad was. I thought that was pretty crazy. Right, so I mean, it's funny that they would put she'd put in such a restriction or such a, a failsafe for for something like that. So 
threatening to self-destruct. Uh, yeah. I mean, to, I mean, why not just say, ah, uh, you know, there's no file on such a thing instead of like, oh, I'm going to blow the whole fucking thing up if, if you ask me any more right. about it. <laughs> could it really be that? Anything I was going to ask, could it really be that terrifying what Myriad is? I guess. I mean, that could, I mean, obviously it has to be something, whatever it is that Non is planning. Is it, I mean, could it be another, like, like from uh, Man of Steel, like a terraforming the earth so that it can be it can it can house kryptonians just like krypton Ooh, i'm not thinking about it that way i mean what else could 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 non really want right do you have anything else because i'm pretty good with this episode no i'm pretty much done with this one okay uh big episode of the flash you know, for the most part, it was just it was all the King Shark stuff, and King Shark once again I thought looked pretty awesome. Um, they did great with the the special effects on him, um, but a lot of the episode was about emotion, just like pure raw emotion with uh, you know Barry feeling bad for leaving a whole world at the hands of Zoom and uh, still trying to get over the fact that he had to watch. Joe, a Joe from another world, but a Joe nonetheless die. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, another Ronnie die, another Cisco die. And uh, he, she, he left behind a man that, that was trying to help him, but he doesn't really know. But Zoom is, is running havoc on that other world. And he he's feeling down. He feels like, oh, everything I do is wrong. I can't do anything right, blah, blah, blah. This um, this episode was really really good. I I want to add to it too, that um, you know just Grant Gustin's acting was was phenomenal in this episode. <laughs> it was he was he was great. Um, I mean, I think everybody by now who's a fan of the show or at least a a big fan of the show knows from the internet that uh kevin smith recorded himself watching the season one finale and he was crying like like profusely crying oh wow like ugly crying <laughs> did you know no. that? oh you haven't seen that video you should go check out that video okay. so uh, yeah when you get a chance it's on youtube it's on kevin smith's channel and like he's the whole part where barry is talking to his mother right before she dies He's just bawling, like, like super crying. And so now that I know that, um, whenever a very emotional scene happens on the show, I'm like, oh, Kevin Smith is crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, I liked, I liked the stuff where, like, I liked the stuff where Barry and Wally were trying to, like, Barry was trying to work with Wally and, and, and get their uh, relationship going. But, like, the, the fact that uh, Joe and Iris were just kind of standing there like, okay, go. You guys have become friends now. It's like, well, no pressure, guys. Awkward. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that's, I mean, this whole, like, King Shark really still just took a a backseat to the storyline of, uh, of of emotions. Just, just emotions in general. Right. And if there's ever a live action uh, Street Sharks movie, yeah, you know. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I thought the same thing too. I remember saying, oh man, Street Sharks are awesome. <laughs> right in the middle of the episode. And like so many times, I feel like they don't use Barry's powers properly. Like when you go up against someone that's super strong, you don't try and go on them fist to fist. I mean, you got super speed. Use that to your advantage. There's, you know, things like uh, when you create a, like, I remember, I, I even said this to Chris when we were watching the episode. I said, I remember from the movie Sky High, if you create a vortex, a, a, a wind vortex around uh, a person at super speeds, you're sucking the oxygen out of that vortex. Thus, they start to suffocate. You know, if you were to do that, and he even does that at one point, but they didn't use it to that way. And I was just like, come on, it's science. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's there's so many ways that they could have done it. But then eventually what he does is he uses uh, the th- the lightning throw to 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 zap the ki- king shark since he's in the water. And it's supposed to, it should amplify it, I, I assume. But uh, I still have a problem with that power in general. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know... It's never like there was actually lightning behind him, you know, in the comic books. I think it was just a way that they showed that he was moving incredibly fast. Right. So, anything else about this episode before we get to the to the main reveal? Um, as always, Cisco shirt. <clears throat> Cisco shirt. Damn it! Uh, I know I probably saw it, but what was it? It it was basically like a live action. Mario Brothers t-shirt. Bowser was burning down the city. Oh, that's right. It was like Godzilla, but with Bowser yes. <laughs> as Godzilla and and the Mario Brothers as uh as like running scared. Yep. Uh, civilians. Yeah, I remember. I I remember at first I was just like, oh, he's wearing a Godzilla shirt, and that's when Chris was like, oh no, look at it closer. It's it's actually Mario Brothers too. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that is pretty. That is pretty. Uh, pretty funny. I wonder. I wonder if there's you know a cross license licensing because what Mario Brothers uh, Mario Brothers is obviously owned by Nintendo and this is Warner Brothers so they had to pay a lot of money. <laughs> they might have. I mean that's that's a that's a pretty big license I would assume. Yep. <clears throat> um, there was something else that I wanted to, to talk about. Oh, Caitlin, talking about Cisco, Caitlin, you know, being sad about Jay for most of the episode, which then got Cisco thinking about Killer Frost and worried that Caitlin's going to go the same way Killer Frost does. And then at the very end of the episode, she <laughs> she plays that joke on him. <laughs> I was I was dying laughing. I thought that was great. I couldn't believe she did that. Who put you up to this, Barry? You guys are cool. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, she, that was that was good. You know, it's just uh it just kind of like it was funny because the the one rule that they said was don't tell anybody about what happened over there and Cisco and Barry both <laughs> go and tell what happened over there. Right. <laughs> what do you think um so like Barry eventually, you know, gets on his soapbox and is like, "No, we are going to open up that rift. We're going to go back there. We're going to save everybody, and we're going to figure it out because that's what we do. We're superheroes. You know, we're heroes. We go. We figure it out, and we save the day. And you know, Harrison, Harrison, or Harry doesn't. You know, obviously, he doesn't want to go back there. I mean, that's he's so afraid for his daughter. Um, but 
what do you think about that from Harry's point of view? If Harry is afraid, then that should give you a big ass hit that don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, more than likely, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the smartest man in the room says this is a bad idea that might just be a bad idea. <laughs> you should listen to that uh, man. But, you know, Jesse seems to be all about it, and and her helping out um, earlier in the episode was, was pretty cool. So if she's supposed to be our version of Jesse Quick, in the, I mean, I wonder if she's going to eventually get some super speed. I think so. That could be pretty awesome. Okay, I think we, it's time to talk about that, that, that big reveal, unless you have something else. No, I, that's pretty much it. So we have our after credit scene, which th- I think they said that this whole episode took place, what, two months after uh, they, they got back from Earth 2? Two months? I thought I remember hearing something like that somewhere. It was like two months. Oh, wow. So obviously the after credit scene takes place right at after uh zoom stabs jay in the through the chest it doesn't it doesn't take place two months later because we see zoom carrying the lifeless body of jay back to the lair where the the man of the iron mask still is and the man of the iron mask is seeing zoom walk in with that body and he's looking right at uh at jay's face i mean I don't know if you can say that he was kind of giving off a uh, I don't understand what's going on phase or he was just terrified because he's got the mask on. But uh, Zoom drops the body and pulls off his own mask. And what do we see, Daniel? Jay under that suit. Jay. <laughs> Jay is underneath there. What are we talking about here? Whew. And especially because, you know, once he drops the body, he says, well, this complicates things a bit. <laughs> do you think when he stabbed his hand through uh jay through the speed cannon he knew that he was he was hitting jay or he was just he was just going wildly at whoever was going to be standing on the other end and it just happened to if, be jay? Uh, since he dropped that line i don't think he that was meant for jay i think it was just trying to you know kill whoever he could right maybe hope that was buried yeah, right right so, so <laughs> <laughs> we have at least two J's and maybe even a Hunter Zolomon, uh, whether or not, you know, the Hunter Zolomon we saw on Earth One is a meta or not, or has anything to do with these, with Zoom or not, you know, they all three have share, do share the same face. Right. What if the guy in the mask also has Jay's face? Then that would probably mean that Zoom is... I don't know why he would be doing this, but he's going to different Earths and kidnapping different Jays. Yeah, that that could definitely be it. So, I mean, I mean, we'd have to be that there was different Jays on different Earths or uh, twins or, you know speed duplicates there's all kinds of different things that happens in the, the comic books that could uh that could uh account for multiple j's i guess also i thought uh, you know uh, someone or uh, christopher franey 
uh, happened to be watching this episode with me, and he threw out the the or not this episode, the earlier episode, and he threw out the possible chance that it's rival Jay Garrick's Reverse Flash from the '30s. Oh, damn! That's actually really that can make a lot of sense too. It, it could. It depends. I mean, it it would they would have to do some like uh, a lot of explaining in the episode of of who he is, but. It, it could it could very much so be uh, a, that that's exactly what's going on, right? And I mean, I just gotta say that the that the twist that you know at the end of the season or when they wrap it all together has to be simple enough for fans, you know, that do not read the comics can understand as well. Right, exactly. That's is exactly what they have to do. They have to make it so it's simple enough for for non comic readers to understand it, which. I think Rival would be, I mean, it could be done, but it might be a little too convoluted. Um, because also, in the comic books, Rival, or Dr. Clarice, or Claris, C-L-A-R-I-S-S, was also the creator of Velocity 9, the original creator of Velocity 9. Ah. So, you know, it's it's relevant. There's, there's a, a relevancy to... What's what's going on there? Right. So, I mean, how do you think they're going to stop Zoom? Do you think that they're going to have to find the Reverse Flash somewhere and be like, "Hey, dude, you got to help us out, or else you know this guy's going to kill us." I don't know. I, I I really do think that they're going to end up having to get more speedsters to to make it so that they can they can do it. So, I mean, obviously you have Jesse. Jesse Quick is a possibility. Right. Um, you have. Uh, Wally, Wally could very much be, end up getting his speed force powers before the end of the season. Um, I think they're going to need another speedster to help defeat Zoom. So, if they end up getting Eobard from the future to come back and help, uh, that could definitely happen. Right. You know, maybe, maybe even, you know. If the Flash thinks about it, he, he's going to go to the future to try and grab uh, Eobard Thawne to help him uh, defeat Zoom. But he ends up finding Bart Allen in the future and using him to help fight. That could be pretty cool, too. So many possibilities. <laughs> so many possibilities. It's true. Um, what was the other thing that I wanted to say? Uh Dang, I, I I lost it, but that's okay. Um, it's very you know very cool stuff happening. Very oh, I was just to say was all the different theories that were thrown out there. <laughs> I guess you know they're they're all gone. There's uh my the the Barry's dad theory and Barry just bigger <laughs> theory, and then there's Patty Spivet theory. All those things are gone. <laughs> uh, also was. Uh, I also thought it was interesting to point the fact that we already saw in in this show people change faces because, you know, Eobard Thawne came back from the future. He took the face of Harrison Wells. Right. So, <clears throat> obviously, you know, there, that could have been what happened when, when uh, Zoom stuck his hand through uh, Jay's chest. He... Did the thing that you need to do to also take Jay's face. Oh, that's true. And that's why he was like, shit, this complicates things. 
Right. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with this, with the rest of this. Yeah. Just sucks that they're taking a, a break. Yeah, I think the, what's the March 23rd is when they yep. come back. Yeah, so. We get a little bit of time, and then, you know, they'll have a few episodes, and then I think they have another break, and then they have the season finale. Another break? Jesus Christ. I think there might be another break in there after after that point. Oh, jeez. We'll, we'll have to see. Hey, that's the way that, you know, normal TV used to work back in the day. Network TV had a lot of breaks in the in the middle of it. Now we they don't tend to do that that much anymore, but CW still follows that old formula. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you have about this episode? No. All right, let's move on to Arrow then. So the episode starts off with uh, Felicity being in uh, physical therapy. Uh, I mean, obviously the surgery went well, or went went went, uh, you know, okay. She didn't end up dying in surgery. Uh, they put they put the chip into her spine to help her re- rehabilitate her walking, uh, but the the whole plan that Malcolm Merlin hatched with uh, Damian Dark about um, kidnapping Ollie's son William is, has come to fruition. They he kidnapped him and and he his ultimatum is that you need to drop out of the mayoral race. Or else, uh, you know, bad things will happen to your son. And he's like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, he knows that Damien Dark has a son. um, And he knows Damien Dark is all about magic. So, the person he goes to help, to get help from, is Constantine, right? Right. Because, you know, (laughs) Constantine knows all about magic. No, wrong. He doesn't go to Constantine, which would make sense. He goes to Vixen, who, yes, her powers are magic, you know, based, but it's not like she performs magic. She just has a totem. Right. And and the reason that we can't get Constantine is because... Why? Oh, uh, he's in hell. Why is he in hell? They didn't say. He's like, wait, what do you mean? What are you talking about? All oh, he's like, no, literally, he is in hell right now. Did I miss that? That was in the episode? He said that he's yeah. in hell? Oh. Whoa, I totally missed that then. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, Laurel asked him. He's like, why don't you just get Constantine? He's like, I can't. He's in hell. No, really, why can't you get him? No, he's literally in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't believe I missed that. I, I don't know what I was. I was. I must have been distracted at the moment. But okay, I guess I'm not as upset because <laughs> <laughs> they still said a reason why he's not there. Uh, but they do go get Vixen, which you know is pretty pretty cool. There's a character that they introduced in a uh, <coughs> Saturday morning animated uh, version of Flash and and, and Arrow. Where uh, Grant Gustin and Stephen Amell both did their voices to uh, lend lend their voices to the cartoon to introduce Vixen, and I believe this is this girl is also the the girl that that did the voice of the cartoon version of. Oh, okay. Her. But uh, Vixen, if you don't you know, for those who don't know her, she, I, she her powers are pretty well explained in the in the in the episode, but 
She has a totem around her neck that allows her to uh, evoke the strengths of any animal. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say that it has to be some type of jungle animal, but uh, that is what she ended up kind of doing. Is because she did gorillas and uh, uh, tigers and uh, uh, rhino, but she also said owl. Yeah. So I think it's just any animal. Well, which is, which is pretty cool. The way she channeled into, you know, everything to me, it looked like a Patronus from Harry Potter. They did kind of look like Patronuses from Harry Potter. I didn't, I didn't think about that. That was pretty <laughs> interesting. I don't think that you actually see those things happen, though. Like, I think that was just made for for us as the audience to be like, oh, she's got the strength of a gorilla now. Like, I don't think Dig sitting right next to her, standing right next to her when she evoked the power, saw a giant uh, gorilla uh, cloud, per, like, come around then, her. What do you think? No, I don't think you saw that either. Yeah, so. <clears throat> uh, we also had, you know, was it her name Samantha, William's mother? Yeah. She ended up spending a lot of time with Felicity, and, you know, uh, I did like the fact that she threw, she ended up, you know, trying to help Ollie and be like, look, you know, don't take it too hard on Ollie. I, I literally told him he can't watch, he can't be around his son if he tells anybody about him. And I really thought that would be kind of be the end of it, that Felicity would be like, oh, you know, he, he, he isn't so bad. He was given an ultimatum, but by the end of the episode, she's like, you still should have told me. And it's like, oh my God, why? And then she <laughs> gave up the, the ring. And she put it down, and I couldn't. I was like, "Oh, wow! I I, I was not expecting it to go this way." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then that was it was enough anger to get her to stand up and walk, right? <laughs> just in time for her to to storm out the door. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> really?" She she just now starts to walk to the point where she can walk out of his life. <laughs> but you should be happy. Oh, oh the city is finally over. I am happy, but I know it's not over. <laughs> it's not going to be over until she dies. So, <laughs> well, that's not going to happen this season. She's not in that grave. <laughs> no, she is not in that grave, and it's probably not going to happen at all because of what we see in Legends of Tomorrow this week's episode. Right. Uh, however, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, who else was it when this was in this? Conklin. Episode? We had. Conklin, oh, dude! When that happened in the in the flashback, when he showed up and he was all ghost like, I was like, "This is gonna be <laughs> awesome!" And then nothing I happened. Know. He just looks at that tattoo. He just, yeah, the tattoo said that he was like, it was something like he said, uh, "Well, I guess you are ready to die" or something like I that. I think he said, "You are ready to pass." Pass. That's what it was. I was like, oh. I, I, I guess I didn't quite hear it. I thought he said die. So I was like, oh, maybe that tattoo means that he's he's accepted his death or something like that, and they're okay with it. But that was I, I was so stoked for something really cool and supernatural fight to happen right there, and nothing happened. I know. It was kind of disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks so badass, too. He did. I, he really did. Uh so whatever is happening in that flashback, whatever is happening next is got it, like we said this last last week. I said 
whatever's going to happen here is it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. So it better be uh, huge. I think it's definitely going to. It better huh? be huge. Yeah, there's been a lot of buildup for it not to be. So uh, it better, it most definitely better be. Because you got to think about it. After this, after this year, when this season's over, that leaves Ollie one year that he's going to be on this island by himself. And then he gets until they find right. him again. And that's when he starts his whole Arrow uh, legacy or crusade or whatever you want to call it. I wonder. I wonder after next year what they're going to end up doing with flashbacks if they have them. It's going to be a flashback within a flashback. <laughs> it could be. Um. What else was uh big about this episode? I think was there more with uh. Detective Lance? Well, um, he helped them out, and he he revealed a totem, and they destroyed the totem. Oh, that's right. They destroyed the totem. So uh, that was, the, I guess that was the big reason why we had Mari in this episode. Uh, Vixen, she said, look, I get my powers from a totem. Uh, there could very well be a good chance that he gets his powers from a totem. And uh, they were able to get in there. She was able to get in there with her cheetah like powers and and pick up the totem and get it away and then turn into a gorilla and smash it um which then apparently took away damien dark's power which i thought was weird because there was three of them standing there in front of damien dark and he only has two hands but yet he's holding all three of them by the neck magic (laughs) magic um so i thought that was kind of funny but yeah, we have, you know, uh, he, he lost his powers. Um, do you think it could be that simple? I didn't think it was going to be that simple, but obviously it is. I mean, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe he has a backup totem or, <laughs> you know, he's going to be able to put the pieces back together or something. But I can't I can't imagine that he's now not part. He's not a danger for 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 Green Arrow anymore and Green Arrow team. Well, he, I mean, he still controls all a hive. That's true, but they can easily take out Hive members now. Yeah, it's it's Damien, you know, and his ghost powers or his uh, his magic powers are the ones that that's the real um, danger. Maybe uh, we also had. Oh, go maybe ahead. Maybe his wife has powers that we don't know about. Oh, she definitely could, and that'd be interesting if she if they show that she does. Uh, I was gonna say um, we also had. Uh, Thea have a blow up with uh, Malcolm, her father. So maybe that will th- that will throw Malcolm further into helping out Damien. It could. Yeah. He might know some way to get his powers back, and then they're gonna be like, "What the hell? How'd you get your powers back?" Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, I did have another theory about who might be in that grave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What if it's uh, what if it's Samantha? Because if Samantha dies, that means Ollie ends up having to raise his son. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because right now at the end of the episode, he you see him making a video for for William, saying, you know, I'm telling your mother to give this to you when you turn 18, so that you know who I am and why I couldn't be around you and stuff. But uh, 
even though she's going away into secret custody or you know protective custody or get a secret identity or whatever, that could that could still always she could still end up dying. Yeah, you know someone could still get to her. So if uh, she dies, then Ollie has to raise his son, and that could be a whole new Batman and Robin thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you just pitched season five of Arrow right there. I, I think I almost did. I think I pretty much <laughs> did too. <laughs> because uh, we know, we now know because the Legends of Tomorrow from this week who Connor Hawk is, and they definitely changed his character. Right, around. John Diggle Jr. Yeah, John D- Diggle Jr. Um, are, are we done with Arrow? We we can just skip right over to Ages or Legends of yeah, Tomorrow now. We can. That was a smooth transition, actually. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, we have uh, Legends of Tomorrow. We have the crew showing up in Star City 2046, and they have a green arrow that's telling them to uh, lay down their weapons and not, not come any further. And they uh, you have Sarah saying, you know, I, you know, green arrow, what are you doing? Why, why do you hate us? And, and, and Ray is saying, look, you know, remember I went away. And all of a sudden they, they say Ollie's name, and he's like, Ollie's dead. And it's you reveal it's a, a young black man that's got the the suit on, and he still tries to kill him. <laughs> he still tries to kill him. Well, he doesn't True. know. <laughs> um, yeah. So John John Diggle Jr. is taken on the name of Green Arrow because he, but he's also changed his other name. He changed his name from John Diggle Jr. to Connor Hawk because. For whatever reason, he feels like he he wasn't able to save his father, and that he doesn't deserve to uh, use his father's name. So we already know John John is dead. Um, where he came up with the name of Connor Hawk is 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 strange. But in the comic book, uh, Connor Hawk is the son that Ollie never knew he had. He uh, his. Before Ollie went on the on the island, his uh, a, a girl that he had met at the time ended up uh, getting pregnant, telling him that she lost the baby. Uh, she went away to a uh, monastery, had the baby. The on the monastery, the baby ended up learning to fight, shooting arrows, and all that stuff. And eventually, he shows up uh, looking for his father, and that's how Ollie finds out that he has a, a full grown son. Uh, because he he uh, t- kind of takes up the the name for himself, and he calls himself Connor Hawk. So it's interesting that they kind of retooled that storyline. Uh, to me, um, Connor Hawk was my first Green Arrow because that's what the, that's the time when I was reading. I started reading comic books is when when he was the Green Arrow. So it hurts me a little bit that they they kind of redid his story or changed the story around, but. Um, it's cool to see him in the in the comic or in the in the show. Nice, and even though it's just for one episode, <clears throat> yeah, you know, even though it's only for one episode, uh, at least that means you know there could be something down the line. You know, at least the character exists. I, I should say. Yeah, and I mean, you know, just how uh, Rip did say that you know he could or he cannot exist. You know, in in the future once we return. Back to 2016. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot thrown around in this episode about 
timelines and potential timelines and potential futures and stuff, you know, the whole idea that uh, Hunt Rip is going back in time to try and stop Vandal Savage so that his family doesn't get killed is, is you know, the whole idea of why they are, you know, they they could, whatever could happen with them could 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 change what happens in the future. So, uh, Sarah, you know, even though she knows that eventually she, she, or she knows, she knows that Rip is telling her that eventually he's going to send her back to her time. She could very much so never make it. And, and this could be the future that, that is in store for star city. And she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to leave it this way. She doesn't want to leave, skip out on a town uh, that's, that's under siege by criminals and, um, you know, a, a Oliver that's all alone because all of his friends are dead. I mean, I mean, that's a lot of there's a lot of people on Team Arrow that that's gone now. If if that's true, yeah, that was a lot to take in. Yeah, um, let's see. Smoke Industries is is take place of uh, Palmer te- Technologies and, uh, and Diggle's obviously dead. I'm guessing Laurel and Thea are gone. Uh, maybe maybe Curtis Holt is gone. Obviously, someone had to build the the new arm for for Ollie, though. Right, and and the way he uses that arm is very much very much uh, uh, Winter Soldier esque. <laughs> <laughs> he uses it to block things and and totally uh, super strength it and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Be a total boss with it. Yeah. Uh, we also had the re- so we had the return of Deathstroke, but not the Deathstroke that we know. It was, it was his, his son, his son, his son Grant Wilson, who I believe in the comic books went by Ravager. Okay, not not by uh, Deathstroke. So, I mean, I guess they kind of just called him Deathstroke. They didn't really. Uh, he didn't call himself Deathstroke. He said, you know, he said he was Grant Wilson, and maybe he calls himself Ravager. But it was uh, pretty cool that you know he's like the idea that he's going to go back or he's going to go and take over the city that pretty much defeated his father. With the uprising. With the uprising. Is that the thing that they called it in the, in era uprising? Yeah. So does that mean that we're going to see Grant Wilson in arrow? Yeah, that seems like a big possibility, but I mean, what age do you think, you know, he was, you know, in 2046. I mean, how old do you think he was there? Yeah, he looks like he's only, he's in his mid-30s. So, uh, obviously, if if he ages like a normal person, he's going to be five years old at the most in in 2016. But, you know, with the Mercury, <laughs> there could be other things that's going on here. Right. <clears throat> And then um, we also have a little side story with Mick and with uh, Snart. Yes. You know, because uh, Snart, I guess, you know, like like I said before, he's the Batman of the team. Uh, he uses Mick for his 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 strength and his, uh, you know, his, his wildness. But Mick is, is very much so just he wants to be just a criminal. He doesn't care about all this other heroic stuff. And uh, Mick wants to stay behind where he's the leader of this 
this gang and, and a bunch of criminals and he doesn't have to worry about cops or authorities. But uh, uh, Leonard Snart is like, no, we got to go. This is, you know, what we're here for is to to save the future, save, you know, save, save things. And he punches him. <laughs> and then locks him up, basically. Yeah. And Mick says, you know, he says something to the to the fact that, you know, you, you don't you don't ever get to hit me again, right? Yeah. I had a dream. And this is weird. This is a kind of a weird side note. But I think I had a dream. And the fact that we're just talking about it right now made me remember it. That uh, Mick eventually gets a hold of of Captain Cold and he starts beating on him. And then you find out that uh, Snart is a android. Like, <laughs> there's <laughs> he's a robot underneath there. And it's it's kind of out of left field. And, like, Rip Hunter's like, yeah, I built him and stuff. And it's like, I was, it, it, this dream is just, I don't know where it goes after that. But I just, that's what I remember right now. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> But if it does, I totally have <laughs> predicting future powers now. Mitch <laughs> <laughs> um, called it here on uh, Televised Heroics. You heard it first. That's right. Remember that. Remember that, folks. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we got some, some insight into what's going to happen, what could possibly happen in Arrow with this possible future. Uh, and we did get to see... Stephen Amell with the goatee and mustache. The, the, the one thing that he said his character would never have. Joke's on you. <laughs> Joke's on you. You got it. Um, anything else that you wanted to talk about this episode? Very, I, I, a very fun episode. This is the what I want the episodes to be like. Uh, like, I, I know that we're very much obsessed with the whole... Uh, Vandal Savage part of the story, but I this is what I want. I want to see older versions of characters, younger versions of characters, characters that we won't see in Arrow and Flash and, and stuff like that. Yeah, this was an awesome alternate timeline story. Yes, very much so. So Very cool. Um, uh, okay, I guess that just leaves me with uh, Agent Carter, and then we can get on to Walking Dead. All righty. So Agent Carter this week, uh, we saw uh, basically Dr. Wilkes, you know, was able to re-solidify himself with using the machine that he built and uh, getting more zero matter. And and then we also saw at the end of last week's episode, the when they were kidnapping Dr. Wilkes, they shot Anna Jarvis, um, Jarvis's wife. So Jarvis is very much, you know, beside himself because of the him getting into his antics of wanting to go on adventures with Agent Carter has now almost gotten his wife killed. She's in the hospital. She's recovering more. Uh, she's obviously was able to uh, get, you know, that she went through surgery fine. But he is very upset with the fact that uh, Madame Mask almost killed his wife. So... Uh, with a telefax, which, you know, is basically, uh, you know, is a fax machine, but uh, Howard Stark has invented it. You know, he sends over plans for what's called a gamma uh, ray gun, basically. 
and uh, it's the only thing that's going to be able to stop the zero matter and 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 make it implode upon itself. So, using the the fact that they have Doctor Welks, they use that as a bargaining chip. Madame Mask used that as a bargaining chip to uh, get Agent Carter to give her the nuclear rods that he, she needs to recreate the um, explosion, the nuclear the nuclear explosion to get the get more zero matter. Uh, when they pull one over on Madame Mask and they they get Doctor Wilkes back, Doctor Wilkes says no. Give us the rods. I'm with her. Now, it's not like he's been with her throughout the whole thing. It's just he, she was able to get it into his head that uh, this would be better, best for both of them to get more zero matter so that he can become more whole and she can become more powerful. So he double-crosses Agent Carter, which, you know, puts a, a little bit of strain on, on Peggy because, you know, she obviously had feelings for him. But... Uh, when she he pulls a shotgun on her, that you know probably gonna kill it a little bit. Uh, they get out to the desert. They recreate the the original experiment. The 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 guys get the 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 gamma ray gun out there. They shoot it at the thing. The explosion happens, and Doctor Wilkes gets pulled into the zero matter um, black hole singularity thing, and. In the original experiment, everybody that went in there, no one came back out. But when they shot the ray, the gamma ray gun in at it, which they only had one shot for, it made the thing almost implode upon itself, and and he came out of it. So once again, he's 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 completely whole, but he's unconscious, and you could see things just all over his body crawling around, and you know, it's kind of grotesque, uh, almost symbiote like. Uh, with the uh, uh, Venom symbiote. Uh, eventually, they get a hold of... Or Jarvis and Carter go up to where the, the experiment is happening. And he pulls his... Jarvis pulls his gun out and shoots Madame Mask like three times in the chest. To get his revenge for ki- almost killing his, her wife. Or his wife. But uh, the bullets just get absorbed right into her body. She doesn't die. So... Once again, we don't know what's going to end up happening with her, but Jarvis is dumbfounded by what happened, and now he's he's freaking out. And uh, her 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 boyfriend Joe Manfredi, which is played by Ken Marino, uh, has his Ben knock Jarvis and and Peggy out, and uh, that's the end of that episode. But it's a two part episode, so the second part of the episode starts off with uh, Peggy Carter inside of her brain is having like a some some dreams because she's knocked out. And it was funny because it starts off in black and white and she's talking to her brother, the one that uh got her into the SOE, which is what eventually got her into the SSR. Uh but her brother even mentions that why is this dream in black and white? And he, she's like, I don't know. It's just it just is. But they have their little brother sister quabble. And then it goes to the diner that she used to frequent in New York after the war when she became part of the SSR and she, her friend that used to work there. And then Dottie shows up and then uh, uh, Dr. Wilkes shows up and they were, you know, they start dancing. And then uh, Joe Souza, Chief Joe Souza of the L.A. Department, the one that she has the feelings for, ends up dancing with her. And I just thought 
they really couldn't get Chris Chris Evans to show up just for this dream sequence, like for one scene to be like part of her. It's basically showing her life and you know the big parts of it. And I would think the cold Captain America part of her life would be pretty big, but too much money. Maybe, but I mean, come on, how much money could it really be for him just to show up, say, "How's my girl? I can't wait for our date," and do a little dance scene? Like it would have took less than a day to shoot. Maybe he's busy with other stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it probably would have been around the time that they were shooting Civil War, but I can't imagine that it, they couldn't have just got him for a day to 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 shoot this. But okay, fair enough. Um, it was it was a very cute little scene. Eventually, she wakes up from her from her uh, her being unconscious, and she helps. She basically uh, she escapes from her restraints. She cuts out uh, Jarvis from his restraints. They get out of the, they get out of the back of the truck, and they're in the middle of the desert by themselves. But they got to worry about the the bad guys figuring out that they're not in the back of the truck and coming back for them. But she's pretty much telling Jarvis throughout this that look, you know, you're you went off book. You you did something that you weren't supposed to do. You you betrayed my honor. You betrayed my trust, and uh, you almost got us killed. And you can't come along on these adventures anymore. Because you you're you're too you're too you're too involved in it in your heart, and they have their little spat. So there's that. Um, basically, it's the whole idea is that they still need to uh, figure out a way to take out uh, Madame Mask. So uh, they go back to the L.A. office, and Vernon says Vernon, who's played by. Uh, what was his name? His name is uh, he, he's the guy who played uh, Red Foreman on the '70s show. And I know I said his name before, but I can't think of it right now. But uh, he ended up um, he's going to betray Madame Mask because he works for her at this point because he's afraid of her because he sees what her power does. And when he uh, when he kills, uh, he doesn't kill her. He he tells him that they're going to be able to. Uh, they're going to be able to um, use the the weapon against Madame Mask. He's all for it, so that he doesn't have to be under her thumb anymore. Uh, but it looks like that the guy played by Chad, Chad Michael Murray, the other um, chief of the SSR, the New York SSR branch, is going to betray them. But in actuality, what he's doing is he's setting it up so that he might end up having to sacrifice himself. And uh, that's where the episode ends. There's a, a ticking bomb go, about to go off, and whether or not it's it's gonna he's gonna he, they're gonna be able to save him in time is is where we're at. I think there's only I think there's only like two more episodes left in the season, so uh, it should be wrapping up here pretty soon. Oh wow, pretty short then. Yeah, they have they have a pretty short season for one. Plus, they also start doubling up on episodes where. It's a uh, one episode or two episodes a night instead of one episode a night. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's because they only they only do it during the hiatus from when uh, Agents of Shield is not on the air. Oh, by the way, Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith, thank you. I knew there's a wood in there somewhere. Uh, so that that's Agent Carter, and we um, can go ahead and get on to. The Walking Dead, which... (laughs) 
wow, still a great episode with more than a feeling. <laughs> with uh, you know, not a lot of not a whole lot of Walker stuff happening, but such a great episode. Uh, just from the start, like it was funny because you know the whole. I mean, obviously, it's what I, I would say. It's not like another two months since what happened in uh, with the with all the walkers, and since then, um, you see uh, what's his, Carl is having to do rehab um, on his uh, eye for his eye. Basically, um, he's bouncing a, a tennis ball off the wall so that he can keep his hand eye coordination up. Uh, probably helps with the whole idea of uh, death perception since he's missing an eye. Um, and Michonne asks for Rick to get her some toothpaste when he's out on a run with uh, Daryl later that day. Now, at this point, I literally say out loud in the episode, I said, you know, it's really terrible that it doesn't seem like they're ever going to get these two together because it really seems like you know, all the points are there, and they do. They they're so well together, and you know, obviously they're they're good living with each other. I just think it's it's horrible that they're not getting these two together. Wow, was their end on my face by the end of this episode? <laughs> uh, did you see it coming? Well. I mean, I remember watching Talking Dead maybe um, last season or the season before that, and they're like, "Oh, there was a little bit of Rick Schoen action going on." So, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, there's like, I think since the the episode where Carl found the the chocolate pudding, like I've I thought there's been like hints of the two of them eventually getting together, um, and I just thought that it's by the time they finally got to Alexandria. And he started having this this thing going on with Jesse. I was like, "Oh man, that's terrible that they're not going to get you know Rashon and or Michonne and, and Rick together." But you know, finally they finally did. That was it was incredible too. They just they bonded over some some breath mints that he found in a, in a uh, uh, vending machine, and totally it was uh, you know very good. I mean, it was it was very innocent. Uh, of course, you know, uh, was it the, was it in this episode or was it in the sneak peek of the next episode where they wake up and Jesus is in the, in the room with them? Oh, that's how the episode ended. That's how the episode, okay, good. So that, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was pretty funny because they, they made a point of, so, okay, let's go, let's, let's backtrack. We have Daryl and, and Rick going out on uh, a run, which at first I was just like, why are these two going out on a run together? Because I mean, I know that they're friends and you know they do things together. And stuff, but it seems like you would want at least one of them to stay behind in case something happened at, the, at Alexandria. But, uh, you know, they go, they go out on a run together and they find a truck, which, oh, well, first you have Eugene <laughs> comes up to him like, if you're out there, Look for some grain that says sorghum on it. It's really good stuff. It's it's a it's a super grain, and if we can get some, it would make it so that we're not uh, starving here. We're more going to be more howdy doody with all our our grain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I'm paraphrasing, but he he had some nice little uh, colloquials to 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 speak about there. Um, 
he eventually uh, they find a big shed that says sorghum on it. So that was lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and inside of it, there's a truck that has all kinds of supplies. And a lot and a lot of toothpaste. <laughs> and it had a lot of toothpaste in it. Uh, eventually, they stop at a gas station that I guess Daryl spotted the, the turned over vending machine. And he wanted to go to the vending machine because um, the doctor, I can't remember what her name is still, had said that if you get a chance, try and pick up some pop. What the hell's pop? <laughs> That's what Daryl said. I thought that was funny. <laughs> But she said, oh, we call it that because I'm from Ohio. But I'm pretty sure that in Atlanta and, you know, the Georgia area, Mississippi area, they call it pop there also. They might just call it Coke. (laughs) That might be a northern thing that they call it pop. But uh, I know that's the big thing. Like, depending on what part of the country you are, if you want to order a soda, you you have to order it a certain way. It's like either it's cola or everything is a Coke, or you know everything is a pop, or whatever. But uh, she says she doesn't drink it, but Tara drinks it, or at least talks about it in her sleep. So either she really wants one, or she really doesn't want one. But <laughs> if they could pick one up, it would be great. And it's, it's funny to see Daryl, like, he's like, well, the, the doc asked for it, so I'm going to try and pick it up, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's like, oh, she talks about it in her sleep, and he's just like, oh, I don't want to hear about this part, just... All right, I'll try and pick up some pop. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was you know it's uh, they they he spots a vending machine which it's a vending machine that has candy and chips in it. I don't think you usually see vending machines with candy and chips in it that also have soda in them. I've never seen that. I've never seen that either because you know the ones that have soda in them are supposed to be refrigerated. The ones that right. have candy and chips in it aren't. So why would the, the two of them be the same? Um, but for you know lack of a better reason, they, they have them in that. And they, they chain it up to the truck. And as they're, they're doing that, the appearance of... Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus shows up. I like that, though. He said his name was, was what, Paul or something like that? Paul, yeah. Yeah, this is, he says, my name's Paul, but, you know... Back when I had friends, they called me Jesus, and he even puts his hands up out, out in the crucified way. And I was just like, oh, good Lord. Uh, but, you know, he ends up being quite the adversary. Like, he obviously isn't there to hurt them, but his first act is to bump right into Rick, which I thought was incredible that he got to, he snuck up on both Rick and Daryl. I know. Uh, and he he tells him that they're he's running away from a herd of walkers and they should be here in just about twelve minutes. Like I was like, wow, that's very specific of when they're gonna get there. <laughs> and he's just like he's trying to get away, he's trying to get away, and then all of a sudden, uh, you just hear a whole bunch of what you assume is probably like gunshots off in the distance. And um, Daryl and and Rick go to investigate it, and it's just firecrackers going off. And they're like, wait a second, why would fire? Oh, he stole the keys. <laughs> and they get back to the front of the gas station just in time to see him take off with the the truck and the, the chained up vending machine, which I thought was funny. And then it turns into the Olympics because <laughs> both Rick and Daryl have to start which was also was kinda was, was very kind of Jesus. He threw out their bag 
they he threw out Daryl's duffel bag that had you know their weapons, I assume, and some other supplies. Right. And so, even though they're like, oh, we don't belong to any group. We're just, you know, getting food for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, they chase him down, and <laughs> eventually, uh, due, due to the luck of him getting a flat tire, they are able to catch up to him. And then they tie him up and put him in. Um, they do the little nod to Boondock Saints. When he's oh. kneeled before them. I, I didn't even catch that nod, <laughs> which is pretty cool because I love the Boondock Saints. Um, and, the, and they're like, is that even loaded? They shoot the zombies, put the gun back down. At him. <laughs> 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 yep, that was pretty cool. But I think the important thing is that uh, within the matter of them leaving him there, like Rick even says, look, we didn't. I didn't tie him too tight, so eventually you'll be able to get out, and you can, you can be on your way. We just need you to be tied up long enough so that we can we can get away from you. But within the moment of them turning their back on him and getting into the cab and and driving off, he is able to get untied and get onto the top of the truck <laughs> because the next time they see him, they're driving through a field. They hit a bump, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, there's." There's stuff been on the roof, and they're like, I can't believe it. He, he's on top of the roof, and they, they slam on the brakes, and he goes flying off the front. <laughs> Which then I also thought was funny that all those those people were tied up to those tractors. All those walkers? Yeah, all those walkers were tied to those tractors. So I wonder if that was someone's booby trap, or if maybe they tied themselves... Like that before, uh, you know, when the zombie apocalypse was happening, and then they died. Huh, that is interesting. And then, <laughs> poor Rick, you know, being uh, a former cop, and probably also the fact that it's a zombie apocalypse now, and you don't really have to worry about taking the keys out of the car or putting it in a park or anything like that. Uh, jumps out of the cab of the truck and it starts to roll backwards into the lake. A whole truck full of supplies is now ruined and gone. Uh, that was just sad to watch. All those efforts go to waste. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sad. And of course, they, then they find another vehicle and, and they take... Uh, oh, as the truck was running, going into the water... The open door slams into Jesus' head and knocks him out. Right, yeah. And <laughs> and uh, what was Daryl's plan? To, what was Daryl's idea to do with uh, with Jesus? Kill him. He's like, no, we can't do that. He's all fine. Let's tie him up to a tree. <laughs> tie him up in the top of a tree. <laughs> uh, oh, I did think it was funny that you know at, at, at when they first met him. Um, Rick started to try to read the, the questions to him, or tried to ask him the three questions. And Daryl stopped him. He said, no, no, not him. Like, it's funny that Daryl gets this weird vibe off of him that he, he's not trustworthy. Whereas Rick, who usually doesn't trust anybody, is kind of feeling like, I, we can trust this guy. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, so, at, when they're going back to Alexandria, you have Daryl and Jesus in the back seat. And Rick is constantly trying to uh, maneuver the, the, the vehicle so that so that Jesus falls onto to, to Daryl's shoulder 
and he just keeps getting annoyed, which is hilarious. Like, the fact that the two of them are just, like, Rick is just being a jokester throughout this, like, playing that CD all super loud, and and giving Daryl crap, you know, throughout the whole thing, it's just, I, I think it's hilarious. It was a, yeah, it was a really good episode, not a lot of action, but it was a pretty, you know, comic relief throughout this episode. Very much so, very much needed, I mean... This, this, the show has been very serious for a very long time now, and uh, the, you know this this episode was very, very nice uh, uh, change of events. They're probably you know trying to um, keep our guards down because somebody's going to die. Soon. Oh, most most likely someone's probably going to die in here pretty soon. Um, so when they get Jesus back to Alexandria, they 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 tie him up, they lock him up into the the basement hold that we've seen before that's where uh, that's where morgan was kept that's where morgan kept the other walker um or not the other walker the wolf and uh you know the the idea is that that's usually where they keep prisoners uh but jesus being who he is the super sneaky ninja that he is (laughs) was able to get out find rick's home get into the sneak into the house of the the two most paranoid people probably in the whole city <laughs> and the two most dangerous pe- people in the whole city maybe it's lucky for him that they happen to have coitus at that moment <laughs> and they end up uh uh he ends up waking up with the uh, waking them up by saying by calling out Rick and being like uh you need you need to I, I'm not here to hurt you or whatever he says Rick, we need to talk. We need to talk. That's what it was. Uh, so very, uh, very fun episode with the ending of, uh, with with the ending on uh, Rishon, I guess is what it's called, the, the <laughs> ship name. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think of the episode overall? I mean, obviously we, we already said that. What did, did you have anything extra to add about this episode? Um. I not really. It just uh, it was just enjoyable throughout. Not ex- not what I was expecting, but you know, it was enjoyable. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was a very enjoyable episode throughout. So I was very happy uh, when it uh, for this episode. You know, when it ended. Um, uh, so I guess the little bit of history behind Jesus's character, if you want to give it, because um, he's from the comic books. And like I've right. stated before, I've never read the comic books. I'll, um, I did stop. This is where I actually stopped reading in the comics. But I can say that Jesus is one of the good guys, so nobody has anything to fear. Well, at least the comic book version of him is. They could definitely change him uh, True. for the TV version. But I think that's definitely where they're going with him. They made it so that... I thought his beard, his beard was so fake looking. I just wish they couldn't... I, I don't know why they couldn't find someone that had, um, you know, like a real beard. But it just looks so cheesy. <laughs> um, also, I also <laughs> heard that Jesus was a character that uh, Kirkman created for the comic books after the show had already started and saw how popular Daryl was. So he's kind of the, the he's kind of a Daryl for, t- for the comic books. Right, he's the badass of the group. So I think that's kind of funny that you know Daryl in the show ends up not not trusting the Daryl from the comic book so all that much. And we're introducing Jesus now because you know Daryl's gonna go bye bye. 
Thanks Ooh. to the seal. Uh, you are speaking dangerous words, sir. <laughs> You're putting out a bad vibe in the universe. And people are going to come at you with pitchforks and torches. So you tell me how that goes down. I didn't say it, people. Daniel said it. <laughs> I'll give you guys my address later if I have these. Okay. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, anything else you want to say about the character for the comic books? Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, good. I think that's you know a pretty good rundown of the of Walking Dead this week. Uh, did have to throw out the fact that uh, I I tweeted at Chris Hardwick the other day that you and I do a similar Talking Dead show, but for all of comic book TV shows, and uh, he told he told us that we did a nice job or do we do nice work. So and I was freaking out like a little you know giddy schoolgirl yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, trust me, I, I was fanboying out too, <laughs> or fangirling out, if you want to put it that way. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but other than that, if you want to f- talk to me on Twitter, I'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Uh, Daniel is at Daniel Von Helvet. If you want to talk to Geekly Radio, it's at Geekly Radio. And, but you can mostly find us at the Geekly Radio page on Facebook. Also remember that we have a website. It's geekleetradio.com. Look at that website. We will soon be having more going on there uh, as a social site. Um, some things are in the work, so definitely uh, keep an eye out there. This episode was partly brought to you by Mobius Leather. If you check it out on fa- uh, Facebook, you can get yourself some customized leather goods. Uh, Aaron Berrigan, who's also a host on Standard Definition and part uh, of the Geek Elite Radio Network it has his own business where he customizes he has customized leather 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 works and uh, you know he does a good job so give him a check out uh, Daniel. You have pretty much given all the information I was going to give. Well, my personal information, so that's all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that is that's going to be it for, it for this week then. So this is Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, until next time, always remember to geek Geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.